3: back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It is 6.04 here in the Bayou City. Let's run. Oh, you got uh, somebody different. Okay. Well, uh, you want me to go to him? How do you confuse Blaine with Cliff Webb? My goodness. <laughs> you skipped the line. Blaine, what's up, man?
4: I wish Hello. I was Cliff Webb catching big old trout.
3: Yeah, buddy. Well, we were <laughs> well, supposed to call you. We were going to call you in the final segment, and uh, we kind of missed a little bit. I That's skipped fine. a line there. Yeah, would I'm, you I'm be? I'm ready. Are you ready now?
4: I was going to eat a big old breakfast, but I'd rather talk to you for the, at this particular
1: moment.
3: Okay, well, then good. We'll talk, and uh, I'll just have to put Cliff on the back burner. I'll get uh, Jake to call him and tell him we're running a little late this morning.
4: Yeah, do whatever you want to do. I'm, you I'm took here sitting on the porch. Well, I don't have a whole lot going on down here. We're it's foggy and hot, and we're hunting quail. We had a pretty good morning yesterday morning. It was nice and wet. And the quail moved yesterday afternoon. We got there at about two thirty or three. The quail were moving, and they quit moving at about three thirty. So, really, we had a pretty slow afternoon, but it's also very hot down here. We didn't, didn't get no rattlesnakes yesterday, but they're, they're moving around. I ran over oh, them yesterday. Oh, you can
3: bet. No, it's uh,
4: definitely springtime down here. We're warming up, and everything's turning green. But that's all we got going on right now. Mickey's quelling, and it's just a hit-or-miss thing. If it's hot and windy, you don't see very many of them. But if it's wet, just like this morning, it's foggy. We're going to have a really good morning this morning. They're going to move everywhere. Those – those quail birds are pretty fickle, especially this time of year. They've been picked on by everybody.
3: We, yeah, we they by. Uh, Those little boogers uh, get hit on hard, don't they? <laughs>
4: yep. Those big old jets are coming into Hebronville as fast as they can come in and, and leave. There's the quail hunting going on around here right now, and apparently we got the only quail in the world right now, wild quail. And I mean, man, that's those, what I'm hearing
3: those, from a lot of people.
4: Those folks are coming in here in this area. You know, this area – we had lots of rain early in the season, in the summer, and then it got a little drought, and then it rained again, and those other places around didn't get that last rain. That was that tropical storm that got us that good rain down here but in the middle of the summer. Right. But uh, we got the birds, Mickey, and it's uh, it's good. On a good day, you can hit 20 to 25 cubbies. On a four-day, you may not see but two or three cubbies all day long. Just depends on the weather condition.
3: It's like trout fishing.
4: Yep, yep, exactly. And... We've been feeding really hard now, so those birds are real full with the good stuff. And uh, they, if they get full, they they might not even move for two days. They, them, you may not even see a quail. You won't hear one. You won't see one. Don't know what's going on. Where'd they go? But huh. Lots of the quail have gone into the brush with that when that uh, freeze hit a while back. Those quails shifted over and got into the deep stuff, the cover. And uh, a lot of them are still up in that brush. They're not out there in them open fields like we normally hunt. So. Um, it's just uh, fun and games. If you're a quail hunter, everybody knows the whole game. We've been doing it a long time, and it's uh, some years it's just feast, and some years it's famine. But this year we got lots of birds, but they're real. They're kind of like they're real shy. They're just like they're real smart mm-hmm. this year for some reason. Um, that's it. We we're seeing lots of bucks chasing does. I was over there at my my favorite yeah, man, ranch, your my favorite friend. ranch. Man, Mickey, there. <laughs> I bet I saw ten bucks on does yesterday morning over there they're just, just hanging with them trying to get the job done
3: yeah i wish we you know for those southern counties down there farther south like that they would just open later and close later
4: yeah yeah but we saw craig saw a real nice one right here in this number one pasture right here by the house he saw another really long time time deer he said it looked like a 10 point with
3: is, 10 or yeah, because somebody kept seeing a good 10-point there, you know, when I was there.
4: Yep, probably the same one. In that same pasture, we got that nail guy. There's a nail right. guy that came through, and it keeps trying to go. There's a high fence along that county road, you know, adjacent to our, our property. and That nail guy will come off our property and just try to figure out a way to get through the fence, and then it came. Then it just keeps coming back over on our property. Is
3: it's it a, a bull or a guy. female or what? No,
4: it, it's a female. It's a cow. Yep, an old cow, old cow, and nobody wants to go down there and take the time to harvest it. So I guess she's just going to make it through wherever wherever she came from, where she goes. You know, they just well, they through. need to take have...
3: your tractor that way when they shoot it, they can load it up with a front end loader <laughs> and bring it back yeah. to the lodge. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, hmm. we see them from time to time here, Mickey. This they're just coming through. They don't we don't have a resident herd or anything like down on the coast. You know, we're what are we're sixty miles away from the coast and. We see some, but you know, I don't know why they hang at the coast. That's where most of them are at. Down, you know, that thirty miles off the coast. Yeah, they like that
3: coastal marshy area. You know, I guess plains. it's also stays warmer.
4: They don't like cold weather. I know that.
3: No, none but of us do. Anyway, we uh,
4: we're kind of hoping for rain now. It's starting to dry out, and we need a good. A good dose of rain and this this a lot of this sunshine we're getting in the eighty degree days we're gonna start getting lots of growth and there it's already green underneath that's what all the deer are eating on the deer are not coming to corn right now in the yard here we might have two or three deer a day but it's so green that it looks like a lot of little clover or something coming up everywhere on all the all the properties and we have some flowers coming up in a lot of places. Spring is here.
3: You ought to be getting a lot of songbirds through there right now.
4: Oh my goodness, yes sir. You know we, you know how we feed the yard up here. With there's, there's just so many different kind of birds. It's crazy. Right. I haven't seen any of the, the weird stuff, but we got some pretty nice birds, kiskades and some other things that we don't normally see are coming through. And you were talking yesterday. We were talking about it. You hadn't seen many robins there, and I had not seen squat
3: for robins this year
4: the other day a whole flock of them came just coming through i don't know where they're going or where they've been but yeah. <laughs> there's about 20 of them just came through the yard right here
3: boy and as wet red as red all the red yards red. are now they usually you know all over our yards this time of year digging worms up
4: yep oh yeah
3: i'm seeing some cloud cover and some light uh spotty rain you know moving from laredo right now towards you so i hope we get
4: it but uh Tonight there's going to be something come through, and I was watching the early this morning. Y'all are going to get a lot of rain, you know, quick rain. It looks like coming through y'all today tonight. Well,
3: I had one pretty good soaker this morning.
4: Oh and, boy! Uh,
3: right before I left to come in here, it was man, it probably rained a half inch out of that thing. It was, it was getting it.
4: Y'all don't need any more rain there. We no, don't. Need
3: I was out in the yard yesterday picking up limbs from that last blow and throwing them on the burn pile, and it was just gooshy. Oh, yards. Man, <laughs> it's nasty right now. I hate this time of year.
1: I don't
4: know. But the whole state's catching up now with that drought monitor. We're slowly but surely getting a lot of the oh, drought yeah. out of the West, Texas. And Louisiana, too. Mm-hmm. I know Louisiana is for the crawfish farms. They could use the water.
3: Yeah, it's too little, too late. You know, they went through the height of their season with all that drought when they should have been reproducing and there was none of that. So it's going to yeah, be tough. I guess
4: we lost a year's crop. Yeah. yeah. Nothing much for me to do on Sunday afternoon anymore except go get some boiled shrimp and boiled crabs.
3: That's Is all that right. Crop? After we'll uh, we'll have a crab boil after crab trap season's over. You know, once the closure's over, we're gonna we're gonna run a few, do some runs, and see if we can get there us enough go. for a good boil. That's fun. I'll definitely have you over. Well, one night, old Wayne Webb still talking about it. He said, "Man, I had never eaten that much crab in my whole life." <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of
4: work but it sure is fun to do it very yeah it is
3: it's good to get everybody together and crack a little crab together have some refreshments
4: yep 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 well speaking of cliff webb what's going on down south is anybody catching any fish that you know oh, yeah
3: yeah i'm fixing to find out straight from the horse's mouth when i hang up with you i'm gonna be talking to cliff for the rest of the show if he'll have me yeah uh, well
4: Ask him to give you a date where where I can come down and uh, me and you and another guy or, or so and uh, go on a fishing trip with him. And I don't know when the best time. I guess March is the best time. And for you, it and had to be on like hey, a Monday. Hey, go with Cliff. Just,
3: hey, whatever you can get in on, just go with him. From now till May, well, hey, let's roll. I got to get back to with John, too. John's, John's wanting me to go, I think, in May with him. We went with Cliff, you know, a couple of months ago. And I, I hadn't even replied to his text yet. I'm terrible. But I need to <laughs> see if I can well, work that in. I just got too much going on, man. It's so hard to get know. away. And I just need yep. to move down there where I'm sitting on it. <laughs> you can go at a moment's
4: notice. You know, That's another thing. The weather. Hell, I just I need care. to move I mean, down to you
3: your lodge, it. buy me a big-time travel trailer, and just plug it in there and just live there. And then I can be at Cliffs in an hour.
4: Well, <laughs> you're one hour away from Baffin Bay right here. Well, that's right here. true. Yeah. And I don't know, where's, I guess Cliff fishes Baffin
3: Bay a bunch, huh? Yeah, he does. He just makes a run. He puts in there at marker 37, just takes off. From, I like from that boat. It's a Haney Magnum. Hey, we, you don't back down. Just put her on the console and go <laughs> for it.
4: <laughs>
3: He's yeah. well, a lot of fun to fish with, man. Well, look, dog, if enough. somebody wants to uh, get a last-minute quail hunt in, y'all are, when's that over, the 28th or something? Coming up it's, here at the uh, end of the month?
4: That, I think it's the 25th or 26th, the last Sunday in February.
3: Okay.
4: That's I do have room, and next weekend, I'm looking at it, we're supposed to rain next weekend, so if anybody wants to go, it's pretty much going to be a really good hunt. Because if we get rain down here, it's it's really good. So call me at 713-703-6656. All
3: right, brother. Blaine, uh, it's always well, good talking to you. Tell all the guys hello, and I'll see you when you get back in town, dude. Yeah.
4: You're telling everybody right now, we're on the porch. We're fixing to flip you on and, and listen to the podcast. See what's yeah. going on
3: with Oak there Cliff. There you go. <laughs> Odyssey.com. Just go to it and tune in. Okay. All You're right, good. brother. Thank you. Later. Bye. All right. That's Captain Blaine Firemood down in South Texas getting a coil report from him. And I need to tell everyone about Boyd's One Stop. They're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse Croakers located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke at 227 Dyke Road. And if you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. And there's no better way to live your bait or your tournament fish than with the oxygen response system. Check them out firsthand. They have them on display there at the store. Or more info, call Jason Cogburn at 281-701-8107. And while you're there, check out all their wild caught guff shrimp. No farm raised at Boyd's. It's the real deal. Whether you're looking for the big U10s, you know, the 912s, the 1518s, they've always got them in great prices. Plus, they have a special this weekend. You need to call or reserve those. It's a one hour special and check them out at BoydsOneStop.com. Call them at 409 945 4001 and please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on the Saturday morning. It's 620 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's run down Corpus Christi way now. We're a segment late, but uh, better late than never, I guess. Cliff Webb, what's up, buddy?
1: All right, man. Well, I just had more time to have some more coffee, so you're in trouble, man. No. There you go. Let's
3: <laughs> let's talk, man. I got plenty of time. Oh, the floor time is yours, good. brother. Oh, I'm talked man. what's
1: out. up, Mickey? I'm good, man. I'm just waiting for that, that boat race to start, so... I can open up my windows here at the house can and hear, hear all these boats taking off. Oh, yeah, they're just right You're around the corner. Right. So yesterday, <laughs> it was so fun yesterday to hear those boats take off. You know, a lot of them have those uh, twin 400s and 500 horses, and it is it is just amazing. It's just like a, a puff of smoke going down the intercoastal with all that mist and stuff. It's incredible, man.
3: Can you can you believe where we're at nowadays? That's crazy, no. isn't it?
1: No. I look back at Chatter Allen, which the guy they're, they're – uh, you know, doing the, the legend deal on um and look back at the boats in the fifties he was fishing with. There's some films, you know, back in the fifties when Chatter was fishing down in Bath and but the right. coolest thing is Mickey is the background. So they're showing Chatter at his cabin there at, at Twin Palm and it's pretty much the only cabin down there. That cabin was built in 1948 and Chatter Dick McCrack, McCracken and Mucker and Muckerman, all those guys and, and Smiley Davis and those guys they they've all fished together. And I started fishing with them in the 60s, you know, when I was about nine years old. Right. You know, I was, started fishing with nine, 10, 13 years old. And the, the things that had changed on that shoreline, that shoreline was snow white with sand. You know, right. just how much flow we had in that intercoastal. And those guys, the sight castles. those trout, and nobody, not a boat in sight. They fanned the whole bay and not a uh, boat, not a cabin. It was just unbelievable looking. Really something. But uh, get to see back the old times. But yeah, our fish has just been off the chart. I know you've been watching some of these weights in the uh, in this tournament. But the reason we don't have any eight pounders is it's not cold enough. You know, if if it was if it was thirty five degrees, you see some eight nine pounders because
5: they've been right.
1: catching a few nine down south uh, in Mansfield stuff and they've been pre-fishing and catching some high sevens and a couple of eights, but, uh, I think there was two sevens caught in this tournament so far, at least that I've seen.
3: Yeah. The seven seventy-four was the biggest one. I think the other one was like a seven Oh seven or something like that. Yeah. Right. But right. a lot of five and sixes, you know, to go with that as a kicker and make some pretty nice gotcha. weights,
1: you know, and that's, that's what makes this tournament so tough. You know, so a lot of my friends are fishing a whole lot of guys. are. In fact, I fish with tournament guys all week, you know, and, uh, so, this is what makes it hard. So, you're on some fish and your two buddies got a fish and you can't get something over four pounds. And it happens. I mean, you is just don't know. Is that what the
3: cutoff somebody. is? Is four? I said three earlier. Yes, I sir. misspoke. I, yeah. I believe
1: it's four pounds. I believe it has to be yeah. four pounds. I'm pretty sure.
3: Well, for but, Galveston you know, Bay, it would need to be two. <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's just funny. Because,
1: you know, and that, that's the pressure on a guy. Then, you know, I'm talking to one of my buddies too. And, and he's saying, well, give me any advice. I'm thinking, well, you got, you know, the main thing is. So this is what happens to you in a tournament. You, you overfish your baits. And so I tell everybody, look, if you're fishing a 7.8 reel, go to a 6.2 that day at the tournament because you're going to yes. overreel it. You're going to overreel it, man. Go to your slower reel because in the back of your brain, you're waiting for that next cast. You want to go, okay, I didn't get nothing. This catch is not there. I'm going to make another cast. No. Finish the game. Finish that bait out, you know. But the main thing is you've got to get in front of the fish. So. You know, some days, just like me, all my buddies are catching fish. I ain't catching them. I'm not on them. You know, I'm just not in front of one. And it just happens to these team guys, you know. So there's a lot of guys that had maybe two trout and a red or a red and one trout that just needed another fish that had been right in there with it.
3: Right. But
1: it can happen to the guy that had the three fish or four fish that day. It can drop a fish the next day. and bring you right back in there. So mm-hmm. never give up the game plan. Just go ahead and fish, man. Just fish it hard. You know, but... Uh, Got a lot of great fishermen. Oh, my God. The fishing was so good this week. So, Tuesday, Mickey, I boat fished. We had a, <clears throat> just one of boat fish, you know. So, And it was so cool because we had a super, super low tide. And it pushed a lot of this fish off the bank. They get there real early in the bank in the morning. They're right up on the shore and getting them on floating corkies and chop supports, you know, stuff like that. Floating, right. floating stuff real shallow. And then as soon as that light comes out, those fish just pile out deep. It's just amazing because that water so clear how far they got out deep.
3: Yeah, they and go not on them.
1: Yes, sir, and they were so deep I couldn't get on them uh, waiting. So I got back in the boat, and I'm, I'm fishing about five and a half foot of water, and there's just big rafts of mullet, You, it's real slick. You really can't see anything. Then you gun your trolling motor and run it real fast, and the, the mullet will kind of blow up in front of you. Can, you yeah, kind of little, get them
3: to rear up on you, yeah.
1: Kind of get them to rear up, and you can see them. And then I get behind them, and I throw that trout support, or I throw a soft iron. He just let it sink, and they were, the fish were mid-column. They were down there about two or three foot under those mullets. They weren't on the bottom. They were right under those mullets. Right. And uh, if you got down on the bottom, you wouldn't catch them. But halfway down on the sink, don't you get a thump. And we caught some really nice fish out of the boat. And then, of course, on uh, Thursday, I pre-fished some guys in the tournament, real good guys. And uh, it was just crazy how... So you try to get in where the fish are, but you don't want anybody to see you. <laughs> you know? So it's that, it's, that cat and, it's that cat and mouse game. And yeah, everybody's is. going, where's everybody else fishing? You know? So it's a lot of fun fishing those tournaments, man. So we pull into one spot, you know, and we pop two fives and a six and a half. And it's like, get out of here, you know. But uh, that's kind of what's going on here. You know, you find them, and you get out of there before somebody sees you. So this the cat and mouse game they play with this tournament. It's pretty cool it kind of boils it kind of boils down to a boat race right now, buddy, because everybody knows where everybody else is fishing. You
3: know? so. I'll bet that is a side coming out of Marker 37 and blasting off. Oh man, I'm watching all these
1: boats go buying trailers with twin four hundreds on them. Like what? God almighty.
3: Eight hundred <laughs> you know? horsepower on a bay 800 boat. Eight
1: hundred horse. And several boats like mine, you know, I'm running that twenty five Magnum and I saw a lot of boats with five the new five hundreds on those boats. Oh, Lord. And so they're screaming. Um, they're blowing ears off the prop. They're twisting prop shafts off. You know, it's, uh, man, it's something
3: else. You know, I see a lot of that nowadays is, you know, slinging, slinging blades off of props. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. with all that speed and that force and, and then prop shafts just, you know, you just, uh, it's like you throw it in neutral and rev up, and you stop, and you trim your motor up, and there's nothing left. All the guts out of the yeah. lower unit and prop and all are gone. <laughs> well, you know what Big happens slit. so, too, is, it,
1: yeah, and so these guys are wanting to run from, you know, Rockport to Mansfield or something, so they're having to put extra gas tanks in their boats, and so by adding an extra gas tank in the front of the boat, you've got to have a lot of lift on your prop. It puts a lot of pressure on your prop to get the yeah, nose up. It does. And so when you start putting that extra weight, then you start putting more pressure on your prop. You start throwing prop shafts and blowing blades out, stuff because simply because you're trying to get your bow up. And It's putting so much torque on that metal, you know. And so, you know that that's that's a, a game they play. So they want to go down way down south with a really big fish. are. well, you got to have you know you got to have a hundred gallons to make a a trip down there and back. You know, yeah. <laughs> especially at a hundred miles an hour. You know, man, so uh, man, oh, it's man. crazy. It's kind of it's kind of weird because we got a big dredge in Baffin right now, and so it kind of messed up a lot of the plain area. And so really? they're having to run past it. Yeah, they're having to run past it or fishing kind of in front of it. So it's, it's a neat game right now, you know, and you've got to be on top of what's going on here. You know, it's, it's crazy. What are and they on dredging Tuesday,
3: the Rivera Channel?
1: Yeah, they're dredging a bunch of, in the front of the bay right now. Okay. A dredge has been moving around. It's really messed up some of the water down there bad. But uh, they just got through dredging Packery and man it, it made a big difference in Packery. We finally got the boats and get through it, but it was silting in. But you our water's so good.
3: dirty up here now. After all this rain, you couldn't even tell where the dredge water is. Uh-huh. It all mixes uh-huh. in, but it uh, I bet that clear water down there that is a distinct line. Jeez. Oh yes, it is. You know, once you get
1: past it you're fine. But, you know, it just kinda messed up some of the some of the areas in the bay that we normally fish this time of year. So it's put mm-hmm. pressure on other, but you know they they're running past it, running farther south, and a lot of people are running through the cut in the Mansfield in this tournament. Right. But they got the boats to do it. You know, they got the they got the, the boats to do it. Man. But, uh,
3: I never thought it, it I'd ever see car. it come to this. With yes, the boats sir. we it's, have it's, now? Isn't it nuts?
1: Oh my God, it's nuts, man! I'm gonna go out there and, and open the window here in a minute. They're probably gonna take off in about 15 minutes or so and Lee. <laughs> well, you know they were forecasting fog here. The last two days, it didn't happen. Thank God, because man, you talk about messing up your tournament. So I have to leave oh. at ten or eleven o'clock, and just you know, everything's late in the afternoon, and, and trying to get in and get you get you going for the next day. It's hard on the guys. So you want to get an early start,
3: you know? Oh, no That's doubt. Thing, you know, but well, uh, they a can't, lot of not uh, blame friends. the moon or anything because we're on a dark moon.
1: Yes, sir, man. It's a good It's a good fight. The amount of four to six pounders are pretty unbelievable. And, you know, I had the best stretch ever. In a two-week period, I had the guys down from Florida. You know, we caught the perfect weather after that really cold front. And then the week before, you know, Barry and I caught those big fish out deep. So in a matter of two weeks, we had four fish over seven pounds. And that's really good because now to get a seven-pounder in this heat, is hard. Right. You know, it just, it's just funny because those bigger fish like the colder, nastier weather. I don't know. You know how that works, but I tell you what, man, they like that nasty weather. It's just funny.
3: I know. I so, remember the, Doug Bird. That's all he used to tell me. He said, "Hey, man, the very next day after the fronts, when they would just, you know, he'd do his yeah. damage, really catch those big would, fish. Would. It, it would, would, it was would after be a nasty, good hard man. norther. God, it would.
1: It doesn't matter even if the wind's still blowing out of the north. You know, it's just that cold water temperature drop, you know, kicks them into a bite." That yeah, water gets and, down in and, those
3: fifties. And the high pressure didn't really affect them that much down there like it does
5: our well, fish. This is up what here. happens
1: to yeah, this is what's so different about high pressure here. So at the beginning of the year, when the fronts first come in, they don't adjust to the high pressure as well as they do later on. They're not used to it. Mm. But after they've had the high pressure on their face several times, they get they realize, okay, the pressure's not going up too much, it's over, let's let's eat. When it first comes in, it kind of freaks them out because you had the same barometric pressure for months, and all of a sudden it changes, they'll shut down for a longer period of time. But right now, sometimes the shutdown is four to six hours at that. you know. Right. So, and It's so funny because the bite has been so crazy, Mickey. So the other day, you almost had to dead, dead stick it. You throw in a pothole, and the pothole didn't have gravel in it or any kind of little sand, gravel, you know, coarse sand, uh-huh. you wouldn't catch a fish. But if you threw it in there like normal and popped it out of there and brought it back, you wouldn't catch nothing. You pull it aside and let it dead stick for about a half a minute and pick it up and be a fish on it. It was just really? nuts. And it was it was a real, a real slow bite. The major was like 11, 12 o'clock in the middle of the day, and it was just a real sluggish bite. But man, you could overwork it so easy. It was almost like dead sticking it in those holes. You know, that's this kind of how in the same way on Thursday. It was just a, a real lethargic bite. And then when the major hit around noon, the the thump was a little bit better. You know, of course, we were out of the big fish. We're leaving them alone because we didn't want nobody to see us. So we're looking to other places. And uh, we were catching fish, but not a lot of big fish. But they were thumping it. They were actually hitting it.
3: Right. But uh,
1: it's funny, when they they don't really want to feed, it's just a real lethargic bite.
3: Are you starting to see any fish show up in the upper, lower Laguna Madre, you know, like coming from Corpus Christi Bay yet, or is it still early for that? Oh, yeah,
1: it's all, it's all on now. This whole area is on. So they're, they're coming out of Corpus Christi Bay, not a lot of grass in Corpus for them to spawn. So they come in the upper Laguna Madre to spawn. So we're seeing that big wave of fish push up in the north end. Cool. And it's, and it's so weird because, you know, last, last year, all that east side never turned on until March. And the bait is already showing up on the east side, so that tells me we may not be having another cold front, because that east that bait never shows up on the east side until it's game over on the cold weather. So I'm I'm kind of thinking, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think this may be our last really cold push, that last one we had, really cold weather.
3: Yeah, well, I hope you're right, man. And uh, yeah, we got this front Monday, but you know we're going to get in the 30s here, but that's no big deal. That's nothing. No. I got your buddy Kelly coming down Monday and Tuesday. Kelly rides in those really good right. fishermen. I can't wait.
1: Man, they're good fishermen. So I hope we catch yeah, the weather. right. It's supposed to blow pretty hard on Monday.
3: Yeah, but, I think Monday's okay. going to be kind of a blow, you know, out of the north. Mm-hmm. But Tuesday it settles out pretty good. Maybe
1: we can we can get in there in the afternoon or something. Cause
3: yeah, get I don't one mind good day anyway. Afternoon.
1: Yeah, or just fish that Monday afternoon or something. Or we'll see how it works get a good half
3: out. day in on Monday, yeah, when it starts blowing mm-hmm. itself out. hmm yeah. But uh, yep. there won't won't be a lot of fishermen out Monday, Tuesday at this tournament because everybody's
1: going to be burned out. I
3: tell you. Yeah, they are going to be wore out. And it, uh how many boats ended up, Ned? He did he bust fifty 51. boats? Fifty one. Fifty one. Well, that's good. Fifty one yep. teams.
1: You know, a lot a so, lot of my friends are leading it too. I mean. Some of my good friends were in the top ten. You know, it's just Greg, you know, the Blackwell the Blackwell boys, which I think a lot of, you know.
3: Yeah, that's uh, Tim really with good. Texan Roofing went down and fished with him this week, and he said they're on them. <laughs> he caught them Oh, good, yeah,
1: he's, just, he's such a good guy. And Barry's in there fishing. Barry's right in there in the top right. ten, too. And those really good fish are my, my buddies are in there. And
3: yeah, the uh, uh, Watkins we're good and, you know, and Yeah, they're They're three in there, they're too, there. man. Yeah you they always are anybody's ball game as close as those top five or six weights are i mean one fish can change it all
1: yes and it's funny you said that you know because colt and chase blackwell they're they're right in there with it and you know if they drop a fish the guys right in behind them are going to step up in there so they can't drop their fish today and the guys that didn't needed to fish yesterday they may catch two bigger fish today and they may be in there so it's just you know it's so close anybody can still win
3: it's yeah, uh, you can't let off the gas right now. I mean, that sir, yesterday was sir. positioning day, and today's the where the rubber meets the road, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy,
1: it's gonna be good, man. <laughs> Hang on, let
3: me do this break. I'll be right Bye, back, buddy. bud. Hang on a second. All right, well, folks, if you're going fishing, don't not till you've been to the 49th annual Houston Fishing Show. That's coming up next week, starting Wednesday, February 14th, running through Sunday, the 18th, and it's all going to be held at the George R. Brown Convention Center. And we're talking everything for fishermen. All the new rods, reels, and lures, all kinds of products to to check out and uh, with booths all over the place. And factory reps there, they'll be there to answer all your questions and show you new product and guides from Alaska to South America. And we're talking dozens of fully rigged, rigged boats ready to go with great pricing and hundreds of kayaks. And they'll have clinics by expert fishermen, covering salt and fresh water. And don't forget about the kids on Saturday and Sunday. You'll have their special kids clinic that afternoon and uh, get them out of the house and take them in. They'll have a good time. Plus they'll go home with a lot of goodies and really neat stuff with all their giveaways. So if you love to fish, you want to learn more about fishing, don't miss the 49th annual Houston fishing show. Check them out at HoustonFishingShow.com.
5: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
3: good morning welcome back to the sports radio 610 outdoor show all right 639 here in the bayou city all right cliff we are back man thanks for the whole through the break oh, no
1: worries man i was listening to you and blaine talk earlier man you guys need to get down here man well i still got some some time in the I know. spring I,
3: I gotta get okay. with him yeah. okay yeah I, I think that uh I got
1: a lot of guys that they're kind of holding for some dates, and man, it's just really filling up. It's just, and this is the deal, you know, I don't fish a few days in the week. Like this week, I had two cancellations, which just killed my week, you know, right in the middle right. of it. So I can't fish that much anymore. So I try to fish two or three days in the middle of the week, you know, maybe four. And boy, when they cancel on me, it just like drops a big hole in my schedule. So I've had a lot of that this year. At the last minute, they can't come, you know. There
3: has been a ton. I'm You're not the only guy. I'm hearing that from all my guide buddies. Man, cancellations are just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you think COVID was back? They're yeah, still using COVID for an excuse too. He said, "Oh man, I got COVID, I can't make it." <laughs> I said, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> Come on, but it's all man. good.
1: You know, as old as I am, I need the rest. <laughs> you know, I kind of fish myself out.
3: You know. I know we've, we we've just hit, hit it so hard for so long. You know, it just uh, hey man, two or three days a week—that's plenty.
1: I worked, you know, I fished those really hard three days with the guys in Florida. I grinded those three days. I
3: couldn't move after two days. After I know
1: the next yeah. two days after that, man, I was dead in the water. But it's funny how your your adrenaline's going while you're out there and you're fired up. You know, you're in those big fish. You're going. You just melt when you when you hit the dock. You just
3: melt. Yeah, when you get home, hit the dock and get you know yeah, get back to the house. You <laughs> just oh, all the air goes out of the balloon. You know,
1: it's all good though. That's that's the way it should yeah. be. You know. That's well, it makes you be, sleep
3: but... good at night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir,
1: man. But, you know, it's it's the amount of fish that we, we got so lucky, Mickey, on this freeze. We didn't kill, we didn't lose any fish. We got so lucky because so we were at the prime time where we got our our big fish back. Mickey, we're just on the edge of getting some really good fish. If we can go yeah. another year, oh, my God, next year. Because they're already. I've already known of three nine-pounders that caught south, and they've caught, we had an eight-and-a-half up here. So I know. That there's some there's some tens around. Somebody's going to. Well, buck your, your age
3: there. class is growing. You know, you're able to get that age that's class, it. and that's what we're having yeah. trouble doing here is getting you know those mature old fish through the system.
1: That's it, buddy. I look down the shoreline. If I'm fishing with some people on the shoreline, this is what I see. I see them hold them up on the boga grip, take a picture, and turn them loose. I see that all day long. I go, okay, well, that fish has got a sore mouth for a few days, but guess what? In two months, he's going to be snapping somebody's bait again, you know. (laughs) Somebody else is going to get to enjoy the fight, you know. Exactly. Because you take the fight out of the bay, you're catching tweakers, you know. We want those big fish. We want that big fight, you know. We want that sucking and popping and blowing and head shaking stuff. Yeah, I mean, how
3: how many fish under 20 inches can a man catch in his life before he's satisfied, you know?
1: That's it. That's it. And I still got the people who come in the spring that want to eat some fish. That's fine. Well, sure, that's
3: fine. I understand all that. But I'm talking about, you know, real diehard blue blood trout fishermen. They would rather catch one big fish than 100 pencils.
1: I got a lot of guys that say, hey, man, just give me one bite and we get yeah. up super, super shallow, and we fish with that, that unicorn, that pig that, you know, what's the odds of catching him? and they'll come back the next day and do it again. Those are my kind of guys, you know, because they've caught all the six, 7th, they want. They want something really big, and most of the time when I catch those rogue ten, twelve, 12, those really big fish, Mickey, they're up there in really shallow water, and it's a single fish or maybe a group of two or three big fish. Right. You know, it's not like standing on a point and catching four to five pounders till you drop. Sometimes you'll catch a big fish in the middle of that. Well, there's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> no, sir. There's no. Sir, I'd, not, and I'd, I'd take that, some of that to up that. my
3: neck of the woods right now, buddy.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, my God. Yes. You know,
3: you know it's like but, when me know. and John and Raphael came down there with you. Hey, it uh, the bite was off. It was tough. I mean, we still caught yes, sir. fish. But uh, yeah. I, I but had that was my that shot. Time. That I, was
1: that time when those fish, you know, that, that's when those fish moved out of the bay. And that was about a three week period that we, everybody experienced the same thing. These fish were in the middle of the bay. We were not catching them. Then all of a sudden things changed and everything pulled back to normal. But, you know, you hit those things here. It's, sure. Uh, it happens,
3: well, you know? and you know how to adapt. You got to adapt yeah. and overcome, and you can do it. They're either, you know, you know it's real you, simple. They're either shallow or they're deep. That's it. You got
1: to find the bait and find the fish and grind it out. And you know it's hard to catch when a fish are really finicky down here, and there's not much bite. Catching them deep when they're finicky is a little bit harder than catching them shallow. Uh, you know, shallow at least uh, I can I can keep that uh, that bait on top of them, to irritate them enough. On the deep water, what's what's the odds of getting it back in the same place in front of them again? You know, so exactly. it's just a little bit different. Uh, especially well, that's with what's the the most
3: aggravating about guiding when you got these pure real purist white fishermen, and you know, you already made two or three wades, and the fish aren't in there. And I said, guys, we need to go out deep. Well, we don't like sure. to fish out of the boat. Yes. I said, well, if you want to catch fish today, that's what we need to do. And I said, no, we'll just grind it out shallow. Maybe we'll get a big one. And, that, yep. and that that, that's what irritates me a lot because I know I could put them on a ton of fish if I could just roll out there in about five or six feet of water with a trolling motor and get mm-hmm. on with it.
1: That's it, and that's where they And sometimes, you know, I get these guys that, like, hey, man, we got four guys. Hey, we got five guys. Well, that cuts my boat fishing out.
3: Well, yeah, because, that ruins boat fishing. That's why I you keep know, it so at three or I do boats. Shore. Sure. Yeah, sir,
1: you hope they're on the shore, you know, because you got four or five in your boat. You really can't, you know, get in there and, and do what you need to do. And people don't realize the noise factor out of fishing the boat here. So I have people slamming that come
3: lids, with – Slamming the well, cooler, You
1: know, I have them come with a pair of cowboy boots on, you know, and they're constantly <laughs> stepping off the deck, you know, changing lures and boom, 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 boom. And they don't realize how many fish we're not catching because of the noise factor, especially if you're drifting slow. Now, you take a 20-mile-an-hour wind where I'm covering across, it's like quail hunting. If I'm walking fast, but if I'm creeping real slow, you know, I'm probably not going to kill as many quails. The same thing with, with the fish. So when it's slow, I'm gunning the totem where I'm trying to find a pot of bait. I'm shutting down and making it real quiet and everybody's throwing. But if I'm coming along everybody's bumping and slamming and, you know, changing lures oh, yeah. and pulling the rods up, it's just a little bit different. You know, these fish are much more noise sensitive than you think they are. If you stick your head underwater in the bathtub and bump the side of the bathtub, what do you hear? A big noise. And it's the same exactly. thing with that boat. And it travels like crazy in that boat. So that, uh, I love having one or two people in the boat when I'm when I'm trying to fish deep and real quiet. I seem to do better. Of course, the wind really helps you a lot. If you get some wind, it really covers the noise factor a lot. But you take those dead calm days, try to get on those big fish in five, six foot of water. The trolling water with two <laughs> in the boat is tough, you know.
3: I'm but, with you. That all makes, makes sense. Sure. Yes, sir. And it's different ball game down there when you're in that shallow water like you are. You know, under five feet or less, and and you're fishing out of a boat. I mean, one hatch gets dropped. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And we just run it for the I next 500 yards right here.
1: Yes, sir. And fishing with Brian Barrera down there, boy, he's he's got it down. So I fish with those guys down there. So what they're doing. They don't do a lot of weight fishing back in those flats. There's so many little stingrays, so gin clear. What they're doing, they're taking these spinning rods and putting eight, ten pound test on them, and they're throwing a hundred yards out there.
3: Yeah, they throw a the mile way with that. out exactly. there,
1: Way out there, and they're catching those fish in the cast because the fish is not profiling the boat. They're not getting the noise factor, and the guys are getting out farther. You know, but I looked at some of that water down there, and about every ten seats, one of those little pie-sized stingray. I said, I understand why you're not <laughs> waiting here. You know. I mean, God! Oh, it'd my blow your
3: mind brain. in Galveston if you had clear water like y'all got, and the amount of stingrays you'd see in our bay system. Oh, really? my goodness! Oh, we got <sighs> millions of them.
1: Mm, mm, mm,
3: but mm. the good thing about here, you don't see them, so it doesn't bother you.
1: And do you do? You guys normally wear the the ray guards there? Most of you guys?
3: Man, I wear those uh, boots. Uh, those uh, oh gosh, brain.
1: Oh, the ray The yeah, the ray guard boots. What are they? Are the Know, oh my God! Name? I know, I know what you're talking about. A lot of my guys wear them, yeah.
3: But uh, you know, at, at the height of the season when it's warm and there's a lot of them, you know, I'll wear them when I'm waiting wet. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, it's it it'll blow your mind. Probably the most I've ever seen though, out of all the places I've waited up and down the Texas coast, is San Antonio Bay. Oh my San God! Kobe. I never seen anything like that. You know, nice I've, I've been in some pretty hairy areas where there's a lot of rays, a lot of that migrating going on. West Bay's another bay that'll – you'll be wading yes. a cove, and there'll be a thousand of them swim through you, you know, like in mid-March to April. But, oh. but uh, that, uh, that time I was wading with Lowell Odom, me and Raz, and the, and the two boys, Mickey Ray and Rudy, were wading with Lowell. We went to San Antonio Bay, and we were wading those drains over there. <laughs> and that was mouths. He dropped me and Mickey Ray off. He said, I'm going to pull down to that next bio down there, and uh, when y'all get to the boat, just uh, come get us, pick us up if you're not catching anything. And uh, we uh, we got in the water, and we're waiting and we're catching a trout here and there. We're using 7M mirror lures. And, uh, man, we start, I, man. they started puffing up off the bottom, and they were from pie plate size to car hood size. I mean, there was hundreds oh, of them. and well. They were bumping into your legs when you'd wade through them. And we just got oh. on the bank. <laughs> yeah. And I right. uh, walked down there, and Lowell was laughing at me. He made fun of me the rest of the trip that day, but uh, he found out what a 28 Mirror Lure was all about. But <laughs> Did he? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> 7 a 7M. But anyway, uh, the next day he went back with a party, and that's when he got hit in the same place, right through the Achilles tendon. And oh, was, Lowell got hit? Yeah, yeah, he was down for six oh, months. He no. was in bad oh, shape, man. Oh, yes. Remember that? he got
1: hit in the leg. Yeah. Yes, I do I remember that now. Jay that sent was, me was, a picture of it that. and oh, said, man, your buddy yes.
3: Lowell is down for the count. Oh, that's horrible. Man. Mm. Yeah, that was bad.
1: God almighty. You know, I had the weirdest thing happen to me on Thursday. So, with this last way, when this redfish cove, and I, I've been fishing this place for years, Mickey. I pull this cove and the tide's really down, you know, and we get a line and... and my two guys walk off to this point where these redfish have been, and so I get up really shallow. I'm gonna—I see some fish up shallow, and I saw a drum up there. I said, what are these redfish up shallow." I'm walking in shin-deep water below, <laughs> below my kneecaps, and I step in a dark piece of grass. I think it's the grass, and I go up over my shoulders in a hole. I—I uh, I don't know if it was an old duck blind, like one of those coffin blinds that somebody put in there years ago. Right. And I went all the way to—I went all the way to my armpits, and I can't get out. I mean, I'm down. And I'm in my eye level with the water. I'm looking at I'm in like you know a foot and a half of water. I'm looking at it and I can't get my arms up on the shelf, you know, to pull myself up. Wow. Well, I had one choice. And I either either st- throw my rod up on the bank and, and just start crawling out on my back. You know, I'm already over my waders. And luckily, uh, my buddy Mike was about fifty yards away and he comes pulls me out. But we have never seen that hole and we could take a seven foot rod and stick to the bottom of it and never touch the bottom of it. And in the bottom the of it was a piece. Of, well, in the bottom of it was a piece of metal that i crushed through with my foot and it cut my waiter boots you know so i don't know what was in the bottom of it i still don't know i i put Y'all a little stick know. on go. I, I gotta i gotta mark that hole because somebody's gonna hurt herself bad in that thing and you know as many times that we walked across that never hit it i'm thinking does somebody just do that or, or what's going on there but i mean that is amazing to go from knee-deep to five-foot hole in just an instant. I mean, both legs went down. I stepped in and I fell forward and the other leg went down. And I was just
3: stuck. Oh, man.
1: But anyway, that's pretty crazy, man. Thank God my buddy Mike was there to get the old man out. <laughs> I would have had to crawl out. Well, I'll
3: it. tell you what will blow your mind down there towards Jay, down there at uh, Mustang Island. You know, you got the East, what they call the East Flats over there. And uh, Blaine and I were in a tournament one time, and pre-fishing – I missed two really good fish out of the boat. I was just, you know, pre-fishing before Blaine got down there, and I missed two, you know, trout in the seven-pound class there. And uh, the first day we didn't fish it when we had a norther come in, and uh, after the first day, and that's where we, you know, pulled the rabbit out of the hat. We went in there and waited at that morning, and you'd slide off of them moguls. You know, you're waiting in, like, knee-deep water, and you'd slide off in them and be right at the top of your wader's. And when you'd slide down in that hole, a big old car hood stingray would come swimming out of there. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> so we started, uh, I was throwing a top water. And Blaine was throwing a corky. And if I'd get one to come out of that hole and blow up on my top water, Blaine would throw in there behind me with a corky and catch it. And then if exactly. I'd catch one then he'd, he'd try to buddy up and go behind that one, catch another good one that was following mine in and, uh, We came back from the dead in that tournament. I almost went home that night, the night before the second day, because we were in such miserable, bad shape. We were like 35th place or something. I go, it's over, man. We're done. Hey, you can
1: pull it out. You can pull it out.
3: So we sat there and drank a few beers together and talked ourselves into fishing the next day. And I said, well, we're going to that place. That'll be perfect on this wind. It was cold. That was in May. And uh, we slid in there and got out of the boat, and bombs started going off on my (laughs) <laughs> jumping minute and I, I said they're here still you know I, we should have oh, fished there the first so, day man. we could have done oh, it we that, you know that's when you should have went left when you went right kind of deal you know
1: i hate when i do that oh my god I know, i've done that in tournaments where, we come back you know,
3: for did we got our check we finished second and was glad to have good. that i just want to just save face and make top 10 you know mm-hmm man
1: that's so good though when you're real far behind you come back and, and you get a check though that really feels good that's why yeah that's why i tell these guys even though you're you're down don't there maybe give
3: and, you know, you don't roll. give up don't give
1: up because your guy can drop a fish your your two your leading teams can drop a fish things can happen
3: yep. you know
1: so that's why i love the, what chad's doing with this tournament with this catch and release stuff man it's so cool not to take those fish out of their home every
3: tournament so, on the coast ought to go to that format they really should. So we're not It'd taking these fish of out and dumping
1: them somewhere they don't belong. Just think about taking all those fish off and putting them at the marina and taking pictures of in a big old tank, and half of them are dying in the tank. They've been handled taking pictures. And then putting them out somewhere they're not familiar with.
3: That's exactly right. You know, it just, right. just
1: not, can't be good. So now you picture them, you put them back in their home, they got a sore mouth for the while, in a couple of days, they forget about it.
3: Oh, they'll you know, be so just fine. I guarantee yeah, they'll you. They'll
1: be just fine. So that was a good thing he's doing, man. I'm really happy is, to see Chad do that.
3: It's the only way to yes, go. Yes. It is, it's man. great format. It is. All well, right, we're going to see some
1: good way of today, bud. We'll see some good fish come in today.
3: All right, man. If somebody wants to get a trip in this year and they want to get a hold of you, how they do it, Cliff? Give them a number, my friend.
1: All right, buddy. I'm at area code 361-949-0707. Hey, thanks All for right, having brother. me on, Mick, and you, you and Blaine get on down here, man.
3: All right. Good to hear from you, man.
1: All right, Bubba. Thanks.
3: Later. All right. That's Captain Cliff Webb down in Corpus Christi. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but we'll be back in the morning, bright and early at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild.